theory or practice, it's a constant battle when you're teaching. I'm Dr. Joy Patterson, the Director of Educator Preparation at Governor State University and the College of Education. And I'm Dr. Amy Viaquia, Governor State University Assistant Professor of English Teacher Education. In teaching and learning theory versus practice, Dr. Joy and I will duke it out over whether theory or practice wins the match. Yeah, I can't wait. So whether you're a teacher, an education leader, or looking to learn more about the field, you can hear from industry experts on education topics. We invite you to be the judge as we box it out. Stick around to find out who wins this week's match. Hello, Dr. Joy. Hello, Dr. Amy. How are you today? I am excited about our topic today. It is on writing across the curriculum. As a content area person, I never really focused on writing across the curriculum, so I'm interested in learning more. I did get into reading across the curriculum because when I was in the classroom, that was a thing. You know, that was a contemporary best practice thing to do was reading across the curriculum. And I could see how it improved their literacy skills to focus on reading, integrate reading into science. So I could see that. And I invested in a lot of science literature books, small books and all of that. So I could really see how reading across the curriculum really improved their competencies and their literacy skills to enhance science. I never did get into writing across the curriculum. Now, you being the English teacher, how does that work? And does it work like reading where it improves their overall literacy skills? How do you use writing across the curriculum? Writing in English, of course, is natural. We're writing papers. We are doing personal writing, argument writing. But when we're talking about writing in the other content areas, There is something physically happening in the brains whenever our hands are moving to take notes, to have a personal response to the content, or even if we're typing, that reflective piece is a powerful learning tool. So we have writing to learn and then writing to demonstrate learning, which is mostly what we hear about is the writing to demonstrate learning writing that essay, that final paper, an open response on a test or short answers. But that writing to learn can be extremely powerful in helping students immerse themselves in the content and understand it better just by talking through it. So tell me, so in science, of course, they do labs and they have to document And so they have their lab book and they have to journal. They document with formulas, but they also document with narrative. I never thought of that as writing across the curriculum. So I'm just wondering what a science teacher might differently if they were embracing writing across the curriculum. How could they enhance? How would that look? Is that writing to learn? Sure. Writing to learn can be as simple as a bell ringer journal at the opening of class to get students' brains triggered with that content area, that topic of the day. Perhaps it's a personal connection they're making. 
And you know, as well as I do, that when you can make a connection to something that is already existing, already in a child's life or in our lives, we remember it better. So if we can make that a personal connection, a community connection to the science concepts, the math concepts, or any other content area, that child will learn, just can't take that away from them. Right. I have another question, just kind of off topic before you introduce our guest. When you talk about connection, for me, my connection is the paper. When you talk about bringing things to your remembrance, I retain things better when that pen or pencil hits the paper. My grocery list, for example, I keep it in my notepad on my iPhone. I like to have things in order by aisle. So I keep it in my notepad. But if I write it down, and sometimes I go to pen and paper and write down from my notepad what I want, because once I write it down, I can retain it. I don't have to look at a list again. For me, that connection, I know you're talking about a different connection, but that's a connection too. You know, when you have something tangible, right? You're writing that pen to paper actually helps with retention. Well, whenever you're talking about the retention piece, annotating reading materials, a text, taking notes, there's something different about putting a post-it or writing in the margins of a real text as opposed to a digital text. Right. I can maybe search, do keyword searches for a digital text, and that's very helpful, but my brain will latch on and actually snapshot the notes I took might've been about a third of the way through the book. It was on the right-hand side around this area. It's a very strong memory. Yep. So that writing, that reading connection, we're going to talk to Comfort Agbula, who is an educator in the beautiful and diverse city of Chicago with nine years of teaching experience and teaching related experience since the age of 18, Comfort has worked on two school instructional leadership teams, developed writing curriculum, and mentored students from middle school to high school. Currently, she teaches fifth grade at Poe Classical School in Chicago's historic Pullman neighborhood. Outside of the classroom, Comfort loves writing reading informational text, and watching dramatic movies. Welcome to our podcast, Comfort. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here, Comfort. Dr. Amy and I, we were just having this conversation about writing across the curriculum. Back when I was in the classroom, it wasn't that long ago. When I taught middle school science, eighth grade science, you know, we were incorporating reading across the curriculum, and that was a lot for content area teachers to take in, you know, reading across the curriculum. And I could see how it really enhanced their literacy skills. But I was telling Dr. Amy, I don't know about writing. They were writing in their journals for their labs. And I don't think that that's actually writing across the curriculum, or maybe it was depending on the intensity. It's challenging sometimes for content area teachers to really buy into this reading across the curriculum and now writing across the curriculum. So you're a middle school teacher also, like Amy and I. As a middle school math teacher, how do you integrate writing across the curriculum? What does that even look like? 
So for writing in the math curriculum, I'm able to get students uh, responses through their journaling, but that also looks like them responding with using math language and expressing their ideas based off of their knowledge from doing problems and projects in class. So now they're using their math language, but they're putting it in ways that a middle schooler might say it versus an adult saying it. So they're still using complex math terms and complex math language and providing those examples, but in their own way. Comfort, I met you through the Illinois Writing Project, which is focused on teachers being teachers of writing and being writers themselves. How did you become part of the Illinois Writing Project? So I found the Illinois Writing Project through how we find everything, a Google search. I was looking for a community where me as a writer and a writing teacher at the time, because I only taught writing at that time, can connect with other people who really love writing and also want to support teachers in the classroom. So my first experience with Illinois Writing Project was through one of their workshops. And I really enjoyed it and enjoyed sharing my writing and sharing ideas with the other people in the workshop. So it sounds like that was a little bit of personal interest. Talk more about how this was a personal interest for you. Now, was this something that was supported by your school? Is it something that they wanted you to do? Or is this something you wanted to do on your own? So initially, this was something that I wanted to do. It sort of developed into something that has helped my current school, whole classical. But initially, it was something I wanted to do to develop myself as a writing teacher, to more cater to my students that were, were in front of me versus some of the box curriculums. I wanted to add in a little bit more. Through this process, I was able to make a personal connection because through the writing workshops, it depends a lot on our own reflection. So that first part of the writing process, we were doing it as teachers. And then we were looking at how can we integrate this into the classroom. A lot of the reflective writing can be very cathartic (laughs) and Uh, Very helpful, you know, whenever we are thinking about reflective practice and being better instructors, better teachers, and it can really be a social, emotional learning uh, tool for us. But talk to us a little bit about how writing can be a tool for social, emotional learning for students. With all of the things that students have to do during the school day, there's very little time to just sit and reflect and sit and think. So writing has become their moment to sit and journal and think and process through feelings, emotions, and an environment that is welcoming, that is comforting, that is soothing, that they don't have to worry about everything being perfect, but they are working through the process. So that's something that I emphasize with my students, process over perfection. As a math teacher, as you see, I keep going back to content. You guys are English and writing teachers by nature, and I'm the content person here. Is the goal to improve math through writing or writing through math? And 
is what you do very intentional and do the students know that you're doing it? Do they know that they're writing intentionally that you're doing this? I would say they work hand in hand. So writing helps facilitate some of their learning in math, but as they are doing math, the writing is also bolstered or supported. They get more language, they get more vocabulary that they can add to their writing in the future and other pieces. I tend to focus them on that writing can come in different styles and different genres. And you may want to write a narrative in one setting, but an informational may be more appropriate for others. So just getting them thinking that writing has many purposes and writing can help support their learning. What does it look like? How does it look in math where you integrate writing? What might an assignment look like? As like a typical assignment that they have. So they're working in stations. When we're pulled in small groups, that's when I focus a lot on the writing. There may be a problem. And then I ask them, well, can you explain step-by-step what we do in this problem. We do first a turn and talk, and then we do a sharing activity where everyone's sharing their ideas together, and then they put it on paper. So that process of bringing discussion in, bringing how do we work together to learn something, and then explaining in our writing for someone else to read How can we explain this to someone who might not know how to do this problem? So I want them to see themselves as experts, but also as writers and writers that can produce content that is academic. Those are a lot of different steps. Whenever we're talking about process and we're talking about students turning and talking and and teaching them to talk appropriately in the classroom, There might seem to be a lot of steps when we're talking about the writing process, and that can be overwhelming. How do you not make it overwhelming for you, your curriculum, or your students? I think focusing on that, you don't have to do this for every single problem. Looking through your curriculum before you started and seeing, well, what problems do I really want them to reflect further on? What problems do I want them to explain? Being very intentional about your planning with that. Um, And then just so it's not overwhelming for students, thinking about, well, maybe they turn and talk for this one. Maybe they group share for another one. And maybe now we are able to write it. So this is a slow process. It's not something that I do every single day, but it's something I incorporate throughout their learning. We're talking to Ms. Comfort Agula. I love the name. Comfort, tell me about that name. Yes, so my name is Nigerian. I was named after my great-grandmother on my father's side, and everyone asks about my name. Often people say my personality matches my name, so I think that names, just that we're talking about writing being intentional, names are intentional. Yes, you had to live up to your name. That's quite a contemporary name, comfort to be your great-grandmother's name. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm starting to feel very comforted by just listening. So thank you for telling us its origin. 
Dr. Amy was talking about the students and being overwhelmed, but what about the teachers? It seems like it's just always one more thing. You go to these professional developments, and now there's some best practice to do this with your curriculum, to do that with your curriculum. How is writing perceived with other teachers? Do they see it as just one more thing, or do they see this something that's really necessary to integrate to improve learning? How do you see it? Yeah, at the primary and intermediate levels at my school, we have a writing block. So a 30 minute time for them to focus just on writing. But within the curriculum across the different subjects, the teachers are integrating writing just in different ways. Primary looks a lot different than middle school. For them, they are doing a lot more with Lucy Calkins and building that enjoyment of writing towards middle school, now that they've gotten into the group of writing stories and being comfortable in their voice and in sharing their voices, now we get to the part of the grammar and the punctuation and taking something to publishing and what does that look like. We also, in middle school, we have open mics, so students are able to share their writing pieces. And that has to be my favorite part of the week, but also theirs, where they get to sign up and actually share in an environment that supports this might not be a finished piece, but that's okay, you can still read. Let's talk more about that. That would be so scary to sign up for an open mic to share writing. But you said that it's one of their favorite things. How do you build a safe environment for your students to be writers who want to share their work? Um, One of the things that I've always emphasized is that when we learn, we are constantly revising. So it's okay if it has a few errors, if it has, it's not exactly maybe what you thought it was going to be. But now you have an audience where you can get support You can get those kudos. You can get everything that you need from your peers beyond just your teacher reading it. Now you have people who are part of your community that are listening to your writing and able to give you solid feedback. Taking it to publishing, what does that look like? And maybe in a writing class or even in a math class, what does that look like? In a math class, taking something to publishing means like displaying it, maybe putting it on a project board. Other students get to read it. Other students get to learn from it. It's not just my anchor charts, but now you're part of our learning wall. In a writing class, what it looks like is actually taking it to a bound book or a web book. So some of the students have started using Google Slides to publish their work and put it on their own page. And they're very proud of those things. And then there's some students that want to do with the traditional hardcover book and they want to publish that. So we've been looking at how do we do that? How do we get through the publishing process? And talking to authors about how do they get to the publishing process. So it doesn't even sound like we're talking about a math course at all. And I can hear the excitement in your voice. So these are things that you're excited about. What are other things that you're excited about? And what have been some of the greatest outcomes in writing or in math with your middle grade students? Some of the biggest outcomes I've seen is confidence. Some of my students that 
did not like coming to math and they felt like it was something that they struggled through, are raising their hands in class, wanting to share, even getting upset if they don't get called on, but they are really feeling like they are grasping the information. And it's not just worksheet, worksheet, or drill on the website. They are actually interacting with each other. And at the middle school level, that social interaction is very important. So they are getting like the whole child. So they are getting all of their needs met, but they're also accomplishing their academic goals. They're seeing themselves actually learn stuff and they feel confident and they know what they are talking about. That leads me to this question. What are areas of growth that administrators seem to be excited about? My principal is very excited about where we can go with writing. Now that we've started it as a whole school-wide initiative to improve our writing from kindergarten to eighth grade, what writing pieces will they produce and how will that impact their other subject areas? Even thinking about how writing is used in Spanish, how writing is used in PE, how writing is used in music. All of those areas are stemming from this initial start of writing in their homeroom classroom. This, this is exciting. You know, we started this conversation about writing across the curriculum with your content area being math. And writing across the curriculum is just so much more. I never thought we'd get into SEL and things like that and the amazing things that students are doing with writing and what really hits me is that you have middle schoolers that are enjoying math because of writing. They're enjoying being in class. This is amazing. I love this. I think it's really exciting to think about the sky's the limit with what can be done. You were saying that students are publishing on Google sites on the bigger scale. So it's widespread and it's public facing. But also you've got the classroom facing pieces as well that they can learn from each other, like with anchor charts that would have maybe typically been developed by the teacher. But in this case, the students have a share in that learning and maybe more buy-in. I'm wondering about buy-in now that your school is maybe going school-wide with writing. Is there a good amount of buy-in at your school for writing across the curriculum? Uh, What are other teachers saying and feeling about this? Um, I know that writing can be a scary task for teachers. One, it requires a lot of time. And two, not everyone feels as confident of themselves as being a writer. One of the things that has helped is our PD times of us sharing our writing. Even um, recently we shared writing pieces of what brought us into education and having that moment to be a writer and take time to actually reflect, that adds in buy-in. So the more teachers are excited about writing, the more students will become. Our energy sometimes can develop students' energy. So when I first started doing writing with them, I would hear the groans, the moans, the I can't find paper, I can't find pencils. But now it's like when the timer hits that 10 minutes are up, they're like, no, I need a little bit more time. That buy-in, that initial when they 
they see me writing, when they hear me sharing and I'm saying, well, I'm not sure about this, but can you all give me some ideas, some tips? Seeing that vulnerability with me helps bridge that community with my students. I love what you're saying about that vulnerability in sharing what we might have written and the mistakes we might have made. What are some other tips or strategies that you might be able to share with our listeners about adding writing into the curriculum in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. So one big thing was the journals. Um, have students having their own personal journal that they get to pick what I read out of it. They get to pick what they share out of it. That has been the big tool to bridge that gap with enjoyment and purposeful writing. Students get to pick one out of like after five weeks, they've been writing for 10 minutes, they get to pick one of their pieces and that's their choice. They got to choose which prompt they responded to. So again, that student choice, but also showing them that there are different styles of writing. So you can write an argumentative poem You can write an informational poem showing students how that could be done, how that might sound different from one peer to the other, letting them see that there's choice in writing, especially when a lot of my young people say that feel that they don't really have a choice in a lot of things, especially coming back from a pandemic where they were remote learning and that was not their choice, but they made wonderful progress and showing them that things may not be perfect, but there's progress to be made and there's areas of growth. Just showing them that they have a community and their community will accept them. You were talking about choice. And I can see how you've developed that opportunity for choice and what they write with these different prompts over the course of time. But I heard you mention a choice in prompts. What does that look like on a typical day? And how do you get content in there if there are choices in prompts? For the choices, I rely a lot on my curriculum. So what they've been reading, what they've been doing in math, grabbing vocabulary words, grabbing particular topics. So I presented on the screen, my Promethean board, and it's split into four panels. So the first one is narrative, informational, argumentative, and vocabulary. There's a particular prompt for each. So right now we're doing a lot with space. The narrative prompt, It just had a Martian on it. Tell me a story about this. And they get to pick. Someone said, I want to do a serious story. Someone said, I want to do a silly story. But they got to choose how that story went. Informational. This can be personal informational or more like a research informational. And then argumentative. I usually present them with a question. And then one side believes, prompt prompting them to, with a sentence starter, the other side thinks, and then you think. So they have to think about both sides in an argument and then pick a side in that argument. And then for vocabulary, I just pick one vocabulary word and give them a definition and maybe a question that helps support their uh, process. I'm hearing some Socratic methods critical thinking, and writing across the curriculum. And only in 10 minutes. Oh my goodness. 
I can see why they don't want to stop, but I bet you've built their endurance over time. How did they take it when you first started and how long were they able to last? I had a wide range from students that wanted to go past 10 minutes and students that it was one or two minutes and they were like, no, I can't do anymore. Well, those are the students that say, I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or I'm done. I've responded to the prompt and it's maybe one or two sentences. Asking them like, oh, can you read to me what you have so far? oh, that's a really good start there. And actually having that verbal dialogue with them instead of saying like, oh, write some more or like making it sort of like it's not fun and it's more punishment, but switching it. And now we're having a conversation about what you wrote and maybe you're adding a little bit more and maybe you're like, okay, I think I wanna add that to it. Oh, that question that you just asked me, Ms. Agbula, Now I understand what I want to add more or this character. Oh, maybe I want to give them this name. And now they're writing a little bit more. So taking them through the process, making it so that they're comfortable getting more and more minutes in of those 10 minutes. You have provided so many tips and strategies, just talking us through what it looks like in your math and in other content areas that you've taught. And a lot of these ideas and tips aren't one more thing. They are going to support what people are already doing in their classrooms. I've learned a lot. What about you, Joy? I've learned a ton, especially being a content person. It just, it was like, being part of your group and that writing network. And this was like a a good workshop for me. So I'm motivated. Comfort, thank you for that. I really like it. I can really see the benefit of writing across the curriculum, not just for building writing skills and the content area, but also critical thinking skills and how we use it to enhance social emotional learning. Thank you for this comfort. Thank you both. It was wonderful to speak with you. You have an excellent day and I look forward to more conversations because I think our next conversation should be about the students' growth over the course of the year. I want to hear more about open mic. Maybe we can be part of that open mic. Oh, yes. (laughs) They can be an open mic on our show. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening to Teaching and Learning Theory versus Practice with Dr. Amy Viaclia and Dr. Joy Patterson. We hope that you have been inspired by this conversation and will join us again as we talk about trends in education and perspectives on teaching. We welcome your comments and feedback. What conversations are you interested in hearing? We'll leave it up to you, our listeners. Did theory or practice win the match? I think it was theory probably this time. Uh, practice. Until next time, we're Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy.